Come on. Welcome to Money Savage, Savage Approach to Personal Finance. This is George Grumbacher, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, strong and powerful Pamela Capalad. Pam, are you ready hey. to do this? Yes, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be on the show. Awesome. Let's do this. Pam is a CFP and AFC. She is the founder of Brunch and Budget, the host of the Brunch and Budget podcast, and the co-founder of Pockets Change, an organization committed to financial literacy through the language of hip-hop. Excited to have you on, Pam. Tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Yes, totally. Um, so my personal life, I'm a Virgo. I have a dog named Vinyl. No, <laughs> but those are all true things. Uh, I actually got into financial planning in a really kind of circuitous way, I'd say. I actually have a literature degree. So I was majoring in literature in college, and I took this random summer job, and I was teaching financial literacy camps for kids. And I was like, oh, kids camp, that sounds fun. Those were really the only two things I heard. And as I started learning the curriculum and teaching it to these kids, I, I found myself teaching 12-year-olds how to budget and save and learn how to use a, how to um, do investments and use credit cards and start businesses. And I was jealous of them. I was like, why didn't I get this stuff when I was 12? <laughs> yeah. And so that is really where my passion for financial literacy really came from. And I graduated with this literature degree and I was like, well, I think that I want to see what this finance thing can do for me. Um, going through those camps really changed my life and really changed a lot of how I viewed the world. And I really wanted everyone to have this information. So I moved to New York. I'm originally from California. I went to school in Santa Barbara and I moved to New York and I started, um, just like trying to get my feet wet in the financial services industry. I got my foot in the door at a wealth management firm. I didn't even know what that meant or what that was at the time. But I just wanted to see if I liked the industry and see what more I could learn and go back and try and teach kids about money after that. And so the original plan was to go and teach kids, was to go do financial service for a couple years and then go back and teach kids about money. And that was a very naive perspective that my 22-year-old self had. <laughs> and <laughs> I ended up staying in wealth management for seven years just because there's so much to learn and I feel like I'm still learning so much. And I still teach kids. Um, you mentioned pockets change and we actually, my husband is a hip hop educator. And so he and I have been teaching hip hop and finance workshops with another partner, Andrea Ferrero, who's a co-founder of pocket change as well. Um, but all the while that I was trying to teach kids, I was also the only one of my friends who was in the financial services industry. And so I would get all these questions at parties or, you know, having dinner with people and they would ask me about how to, you know, pay down their debt or look at their credit score or understand their 401k options. And there was both this like, this like need and this curiosity around finances and also this lack of knowing where to go. There was nowhere to go to talk about it. And then there was also this fear and shame around actually bringing it up and talking about your debt. And so that's where the idea for brunch and budget came from was I had a friend who was just like, Pam, I am so scared to look at my money, but I know I need to. Can you help me? And I said, yeah, why don't we do it over brunch or something? And she was like, oh, like a brunch and budget. And that's literally where the name <laughs> came from too. Um, and I just started offering to trade food for advice, um, for financial planning advice. 
And that's really how it all started. And then uh, it grew from there in terms of kind of figuring out like what people needed after they got the advice um, and where people's pain points were in figuring all of that out. But that is kind of my random journey into finance. And I've just I've been doing it for the last 10 years and I love it. Yeah, I, I, I love your website. I loved your LinkedIn profile. This whole idea of brunch and budget. I was going to ask where that came from. And I thought, well, maybe it's as simple as brunch is awesome and budgets are not awesome. So maybe marry those two things. So. <laughs> That's basically what it is. Well, and the thing too is just the way that her face changed when I just suggested that we just like sit down and have a meal. I think that like it was gimmicky and catchy and kind of funny at the time, but like getting to sit across the table from someone, share some food, break some bread and find some common ground, just like changed how the conversation went. And it made people feel a little bit more relaxed and a little bit stressed out about the, what they, what their financial situation was. And I think that there's a lot to that, especially because it's such a huge stressor for people. And it's a, it's something where people just don't know where to start. And if we can just start with a meal then we can all go from there. Yeah, I love it. So on your website, there was a piece talking about what financial literacy is not about and what it's really actually about. So I'd love to hear, mm-hmm. hear, hear, hear your take on that. Oh, yeah, because the thing is, I feel like that financial literacy has become this buzzword and it's become this like, oh, if we were all just more financially literate, if we all just knew what compound interest was, if we all just understood what APR <laughs> meant, then we would all be financial geniuses and no one would ever go into debt, right? Because that's how it works. Just like how, oh, if we all just knew how to eat right and exercise, all of us would be fit, right? right? <laughs> and I think that's kind of where financial literacy can only take us so far. I don't think it's even important to know what compound interest is or APR is if you know how to ask the right questions. And I think instead of financial literacy, the conversation that we really need to have is how to build financial capability and financial resilience. It's the ability to understand what questions to ask, how to navigate the systems, and also feel confident that even if you don't know everything, that if you know a little bit and you understand how the structures work, that you can navigate your way through it and be able to take advantage of the systems in the same way they're taking advantage of you. And I think it's way more important besides like knowing a bunch of facts and figures. And like, I think that the idea that you have to be good at math to be good at finances just scares a lot of people away. And it's really just like understanding like how all of this stuff works and figuring out what questions you need to ask to get what you need. And that's what financial capability and financial resilience is. I think that that's awesome. I I come from a liberal arts background, and I I wonder yeah. you, <laughs> and I'm I'm the same way. I I don't I don't get super excited about the compound interest and 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 all the what are important details, but they're not as important as the other stuff. But do you think that we sort of think that way because of our educational background? You with literature, oh. me with with uh, political science. So that we see we we see finances in that way, you mean? Or yes. see Yeah. I mean, I'm not sure. I think that in I think that we're kind of taught in school that we're supposed to memorize and we're supposed to kind of know as much as we possibly can before we can really understand something or dive into something. And I think that I think that that's something that we all kind of need to unlearn. Um, and so I don't know if it comes from that or if it comes from, I don't know. That's a, that's a good question. What do you think? Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I, it's very, very, very possible that, that I pursued the, uh, the educational track that I did just because I don't love 
math and I, I, I'm not an engineer. So who, who, mm-hmm. who knows? But I think that it has something yeah. to do with it. And I, I, I do enjoy writing. Um, and so I think that the way that I understand things is the way that I try to teach and, 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 mm-hmm. and express things to people. So no, I totally love that. And I think, um, I think that we put the word financial in front of something and people automatically think math and numbers and really money in general. And I think also when people think of money, that's the case. But I feel like that when it comes to money and when it comes to finances, money is the thing actually standing between you and the thing that you actually want. Money is not the the end, right? Money is the means to the end. And I think that there's some convolution that happens when there's that middleman that is money that keeps us between the the us and the thing that we want, um, where we have that disconnect and there's that dissonance. And then, and then to top it all off, everyone's like either decided when they're eight years old that they're good at math or bad at math, that they carry (laughs) that with them throughout their whole life, you know? Yeah. I think that that makes sense. Uh, so I also saw on, on, on your website, tell me your why I'll tell you the how. Mm -hmm. So tell me about that. Yeah, I think, um, that was one of the, I wrote that a while ago. It was, it was a manifesto. I called it a manifesto because it, it, it was like a, a one of those stories um, that came from that whole piece that I have on my website came from a very good friend um, who basically got screwed over by someone who called themselves a financial advisor um, and someone who basically presented themselves as an expert and a guide and said, I'm going to shepherd your money. Basically, you're going to trust me and I'm going to take care of your money. Um, and I think that she went into that not knowing as much as, um, not knowing as much as she could have, not knowing how to tell the difference between someone who was kind of telling her the truth and someone who was, um, someone who was, you know, trying to take advantage of her. And I think that's what scares people a lot. And I also think that it goes back to people feeling like that they need to be experts before they do this or something like that will happen to them. And I think it's really a matter of understanding, like, what is your why? Why do you want to do this? Why do you want to get your finances in order? Because there's a reason why we all kind of let our finances get to the point that they are, right? Good or bad or however we feel about it. Um, And if you can figure out how to transcend that point where you're like, okay, my finances are where they are but I know that I want to be here. So let me figure out the why in between that will get me between where I am and where I want to go and then figure out who can I find to trust to be able to do that. And that's a big part of it is my why is the ability to show you how to get there. And you don't need to be a financial guru to have your financial life in order. You just need to have enough motivation, have enough understanding of why you want to get out of the place that you're already in. Because wherever you are is serving you regardless, right? You are, you know, like doing the things that you're doing and you have the habits you have because they're serving you one way or another. And I feel like if you want to make a change and you want to get from one point to another, then it really is about figuring out what's going to get you there. And the why is so important for that. Nice. Yeah, I I 100% agree. Your habits are serving you one way or another. So hmm. It's it's always a tricky thing to change somebody's momentum or their inertia because to your point you're 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 in those habits so do you find that that people have to come to that on their own or is there a way that that an advisor can 
motivate somebody from the outside to start making some changes? Yeah, I mean, I think it works both ways. I think that you don't need to, um, I've, I've talked to a lot of people about their finances and a lot of people who are like, oh, brunch and budget, what a great idea. I'll come to you when I actually have money, ha ha ha. Or, you know, <laughs> I'll come talk to you and my finances are actually in good shape and then we can figure it out. It's like, hold on, wait a minute, but how are you going to get there if you've been doing the same thing and don't know what you have to, you know, like, I feel like that we're all kind of, I heard this great analogy recently where someone was like, the best way that I can explain it is that I want to clean my house before the cleaners come. Right. Mm, right. And this idea of like, I feel like that I need to have my shit together before I go talk to someone to get my shit together. And I think that, um, that's, that's a big barrier for all of us when it comes to, when it comes to taking that first step. So I think that if you can, if you can figure out what your initial motivation is to see somebody and let that be enough, then a good financial planner will be able to take you through that next step and be able to help you understand how to not only stay motivated, but motivation is only a small piece of it. There's motivation and it can only take you so far. And then after that, it's about creating systems so that the hard parts are more automated and you can maintain that momentum and motivation and recharge your willpower when you need to. Because motivation is something that will get you going but it's not the thing that's going to keep you going. Oh, there's, there's, there's no doubt. All right. So you mentioned getting things automated and I think that that's such mm-hmm. an important thing in financial success, probably in success in every aspect of our lives. And I, I, I like to ask people, what, what do you think people should start doing more of and should stop doing? And I think maybe the answer to start would be automating. Do, do you have, have, have you found certain through lines that if people really stopped certain behaviors or behavior that they'd be more successful? Well, it's interesting because I am not, I'm, you know, I'm a financial planner through and through in the sense that my answer for those kinds of questions is always, it depends. Um, <laughs> and I, <laughs> it really depends on the person. I, um, I have this quiz on my website um, called the money personality quiz and we didn't invent money personalities or the idea of it, but the the um, the concept behind it is this idea that we all have a relationship with money and we all have our own tendencies that have built into habits when it comes to dealing with money. And it's different for everyone. So something that's going to work for one person is not going to work for another person. And I think the only way for you to figure out what works for you is to experiment, decide what doesn't work and try something else. I think that there's a lot of shoulds in financial planning and a lot of shoulds in personal finance. Like you should put away 10% of your income. You should automatically <laughs> contribute to your 401k. You should like, you know, pay down your debt first before anything else. Right. And there's all of these people who are giving this advice that often contradicts each other. And if you try something and it doesn't work, then we're told that we're the failures when really the tip was the failure. There's so many different ways when it comes to addressing your finances to actually get to the goals that you're trying to reach. And it's a combination of figuring out what systems work the best for you and also figuring out what really matches up with your personality. And I think when you figure out what your relationship with money is and what your tendencies are, then you can start to filter that advice and decide like, oh, you know, it'd be really great actually if I automated this payment, but don't automate this payment. Like for instance, I'm someone who, I was a control freak about automating um, I was like, I do not trust automatic payments. 
I am not the type of person who I want to know exactly when my money is coming out and when it's coming out and all of that stuff. Um, and I had to train myself to let go of some of the smaller things like, Hey, like where did that feeling of control or that need for control come from? Right. Is it coming from like this fear that the money's not going to be there? All right. Well, let me just try automating like my internet bill or let me try automating my cell phone bill. And slowly but surely I was able to put more bills on auto pay, but that was a process Mm -hmm. that I had to go through that I don't recommend that everybody set up auto payments if that's not something that you feel comfortable with and it's not something that is part of your personality. I still don't automate my mortgage because I'm like, I'm way too afraid to do that. You know, <laughs> like I haven't crossed that threshold yet. It's all a work in progress. But I think that when you hear a finance tip, I want you to keep in mind that it's more a matter of you seeing if it works and not a matter of if it doesn't work, that doesn't mean you're bad at money. And I think that's the important thing to really take away from all of these tips that are thrown at us. Yeah, I totally appreciate that. And I'm a person who really doesn't like labels. I, I don't like when people try to, to put me inside of a certain box. And mm-hmm. therefore, I try not to do that to other people. And so I very much appreciate everything that you are saying. And I also agree with it. That being said, the irony, Pam, is that it's time for your difference-making tip. <laughs> what? Yay, I'm ready. <laughs> what do you have for us? So, the best piece of financial advice I've ever gotten, and I live by this, and I think that this is, if there's any kind of adage or axiom or maxim that we should live by, there's another should, but really it's where you spend your money is a representation of what you value. When you can figure out how to align your spending with your values and look at your bank statements and feel good about almost every purchase that you've made, that's when I feel like you've really hit this transcendent point of having your money work for you. It's not about that you're putting away a certain amount of money every month or that you're restricting yourself from this or denying yourself of that. It's about, is the money actually going where you want it to go? Is the money going to a place where you're like, I feel good about this. I find value in this, both value personally and value in the bigger picture. Like, where do you shop? Where do you buy your groceries? Are you supporting businesses that you want to be supporting, right? And so when you can start thinking about every dollar that comes out of your hands through that lens of like, is this aligning with my values? Is this spending aligning with my values? Then that will change how you see your finances overall, I promise you. I think that is great stuff that definitely gets a come on. Come on. Pam, (laughs) thank you so much for coming on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you? Yeah, um, you can find me on brunchandbudget.com. I am also on Twitter at Brunch and Budget, on Instagram at Brunch and Budget, where I post all of the delicious brunches that I eat. Um, (laughs) And we also also have a podcast. Um, We have uh, my husband and I host a podcast on personal finance and racial economic inclusion, also called Brunch and Budget. So you can go to brunchandbudget.com slash podcast or search for Brunch and Budget anywhere you listen to podcasts. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Pam your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Go to brunchandbudget.com, follow her on Twitter, Instagram, and check out the podcast. And I will list all of those in the notes of the show. Thank you again, Pam. Thank you. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together. What's up, Savage Nation? Please support the show by subscribing, leave us a review, 
and definitely feel free to share us with somebody you think would like it. Come on.